This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the parable that stands at the heart of our gospel today is probably the least liked parable that Jesus ever told. I find the course of my years as a priest and a preacher, I'm asked about this story maybe more than any other, including the parable of the prodigal son, which can awaken a similar resentment. You know the story well that Jesus tells. This um, landowner goes out and he hires some people at the very beginning of the day, promises them the daily wage, hires others at noon, others at three, others at the end of the workday. And then at the end, he pays them all the same wage. Well, lots of people rather naturally identify with the workers hired earlier in the day who complain. People sympathize with them. It does indeed seem unfair of this Lord of the Vineyard to pay those who had worked significantly different amounts of time the same wage. You know, in a similar way, lots of people identify with the older brother in the prodigal son story who's got a similar complaint, and with Martha in the Martha and Mary story. I've had so many people, mostly women, who complain that Martha's got a very good point. Well, see, these are important moments when a spiritual story awakens puzzlement or resentment in us. Because what it's doing is uncovering something. It's working on us. It's forcing us to come to terms with certain prejudices or presuppositions that are perhaps getting in God's way. That's why it's very good, you know, when you read the Bible, to attend especially to the parts of the Bible that bother you. Not to gloss them over or say, well, let's just go back to the parts that I understand and resonate with. No, no, stay, stay with the parts of the Bible that bug you. So, as this story unfolds, our sense of justice is offended. You know, there's absolutely no reason, it seems, why those who worked for an hour should be paid the same as those who worked for an entire day under the hot sun, right? It seems just uh, commonsensical. You know, one thing I've always been impressed by is that little kids have an exquisitely refined sense of justice. Their psyches are like finely calibrated measuring devices when it comes to questions of equity. How often do you hear a little child say or scream, but that's not fair. Little kids especially seem to be attuned to these questions of equity. Make sure everyone's getting treated fairly. Over the past many years, I've been buying presents for my um, nephew and nieces. I've become extremely sensitive to getting them things that are more or less equal in value. Or if I bring something from an out-of-town trip, I make absolutely sure I don't bring a gift for one and not for the other. You know, I mean, every parent or uncle or aunt knows this principle because those little finely calibrated justice-detecting machines are going to pick up on this. 
Now, let's continue, though, with that family comparison. Every good parent also realizes that sometimes he or she has to act in a way that will indeed appear to their children as unfair. Think of when a child is sick. A parent spends more time with him than with the other children. It's unfair, yeah, and maybe the kids will complain about that. If a teenager is excessively shy, he might be given a bit more leeway to stay out late to encourage his sociability when the parents have imposed more of a curfew on the other kids. Will they perceive it as unfair? Probably. Even an adult child, let's say who's in some financial straits, might receive money from a parent that the other siblings don't. Might they perceive that as unfair, even adult children? Well, yeah, it happens all the time. Let's say a particular child shows great promise in music. Well, he might be given money for an instrument and lessons that the siblings don't receive, etc. You know, now, one would hope that as the children grow older and see their childhood from the perspective of their parents, they might come to understand why their parents acted as they did. How they were, in fact, operating out of a deeper or more comprehensive justice. There is a distinction now. Much of it hinges on that. There's a relatively superficial perception of justice. That's not fair. More of a gut reaction. Then there's a more refined sense of justice. Little kids often don't have the perceptive capacity to see that more refined sense of justice. There's a sense of justice born to of an intense focus on the self. What am I owed? Why did he get more than I did? Why am I not being sufficiently rewarded? These questions are legitimate as far as they go, but they're coming from a kind of narrow perspective, simply from the perspective of my ego, that superficial perception of justice. Now, with that in mind, let's consider our relationship to God. An awful lot of religious energy goes into questions of justice or perceived injustice. Think of this now. You find it in the Bible. You find it up and down the tradition. You find it in people's ordinary conversation. Why do wicked people uh, seem to prosper? And why do good people suffer? Why aren't sinners properly punished for their crimes? You know, we all know lots of people, terrible sinners, and they seem to live a pretty happy, successful life. Why are the saints so often ignored or reviled? I mean, why do so many good people, decent people, even saintly people, live in obscurity or poverty? Go back to the book of the prophet Jeremiah, and you find the same question. Lord, I'm going to contend with you. Why do wicked people prosper? Jeremiah asked that. We feel the same question in our bones. Why don't hardworking people get what they deserve? And why do lazy and incompetent people sometimes seem to receive more reward than intelligent and focused people? Keep pressing it. Why are some people more beautiful? Why are some more intelligent, more courageous, more popular than others? See, do you ever catch yourself saying, 
if I were God, I would do things differently. If, if I were God, things would be arranged in this world very differently. Things seem to be unfair. Now, as I've suggested with that metaphor, a lot of us are like little kids vis-a-vis God. Crying out to him when we have this sense of offended justice. That's the attitude, I suggest, of the workers in the parable that Jesus tells. Now, let's go back to that parable to try to unpack its meaning. A first basic lesson, and it's so important, is we're dealing in this parable with day laborers. That means not people who are salaried, not people that have a steady job. It means people who from day to day depend upon the generosity and need of owners. Might be some people listening to me right now who have worked as day laborers. They know just how precarious that situation can be. They depend day by day on the opportunity for work presented by an employer. The point is, they can't rely on anything, really. They can't take anything for granted. Instead, every day, they have to wait and watch and hope. Here's the first great lesson. So it goes with all of us in relation to God. Think of this every time you pray the Our Father and that line, give us this day our daily bread. You're a salaried worker. You got a steady job. You can buy bread that will last you, you know, for a couple of weeks. You don't have to worry about your daily bread. But you're a day laborer. You depend every single day on the generosity or the opportunity given by an employee, an employer. Well, yeah, you're you're begging, hoping for your daily bread. The point is, that's how we all relate to God. We stand in a relationship of absolute dependency vis-a-vis God. We must never presume that we are owed anything, that we have anything coming to us. Rather, we are in a stance of complete dependency upon God. Every moment of every day, we receive being, life, breath, movement, everything from God. So I think, first of all, the Lord is suggesting that we look at his little story in light of that insight. Beggars can't be choosers, right? All of us are beggars before God. Secondly, now, we're being compelled by Jesus to read our lives, not from the narrow perspective of our egotism, but from the standpoint of God. So here's the owner of the vineyard who decides to pay the wage as he sees fit. Does it offend their narrow sense of justice? Yes. Does it offend their sense of justice as far as they can see? Yes. But is there perhaps a higher justice that the owner is operating out of? Yes, indeed. We must shift our focus 
from ourselves to the great giver who presides over the whole of the cosmos, who knows every hair of our heads, who knows when we sit and when we stand, listen now, and who therefore knows how properly to apportion his gifts. Yes, children complain about perceived injustice on the part of their parents because they can't see what the parents see. They don't have the breadth of vision. So we can be like children complaining about perceived injustices from God without seeing the whole universe from God's perspective. That's why that passage from the prophet Isaiah is so important in our first reading. Listen. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways, saith the Lord. God is a parent whose actions we children, yes, can often find inscrutable. But so it goes. So it goes. The wrong attitude now is to stamp our feet and hold our breath and say, Lord, you're acting unjustly. Yeah, from our narrow perspective, perhaps he is. But as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high is my vision above your vision. So much more comprehensive is my take than your take. The idea now is to move into the space of God as best we can, to see the world from his perspective. And then we have a revolutionized sense of what true justice is. And then we live in an attitude of gratitude, not resentment. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. I'm Father Robert Barron. Our new Catholicism documentary series and study program can now be pre-ordered online. Go to catholicismpreorder.com. Will you help me introduce this one-of-a-kind film series and catechetical program to your parish, school, and diocese? Journey around the world and deep into the faith in this 10-part, 10-hour epic adventure. Learn more at catholicismpreorder.com.